All right. Ben, you ready? I'm ready. Let's get started. I am a host, Neil Cordray, joined this week by the one true Ben and Neil Cordray and the one true Ben. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, quick housekeeping in terms of where is everybody? Um, Michael is celebrating his uh, his anniversary. Congratulations, Michael. Um, they decided that they had to. That they had to go to Branson instead of staying and recording a podcast. Romance, go figure. That's why I'm single. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maintenance. <laughs> and uh, Wookie has gone uh, on a sabbatical for the time being. Uh, he's had to leave the podcast for personal reasons. Uh, we wish him uh, all all the good well. He's always welcome back, but for the time being, he's not going to be uh, participating with us. He's going to walk about. Yep. Um, so, if you, so if you tune in just for Wookie's wonderful voice, sorry. We'll try and make it up to you by being, you know, what, 10% more awesome or something? <laughs> I don't know. That, that That's selling him short. 33% more awesome. That's the correct number. Go. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, Wookie. I'm, I'm sure you're gonna listen to this and think I'm, I'm, I'm being mean. A terrible person. He's all. He's, I'm only worth ten percent. No. I just can't do math. I work for. I work at a bank, so I can't do math. You can't math. <laughs> I don't think. I don't heard. I don't think I have to bleep that out. But yeah. No. Well, you know. At a bank is is uh, is is vague enough. Right. I mean, it's not like you said. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or even exactly. <laughs> See, wow, you were good. You bleeped that out before I even said it. <laughs> or, man, it's like you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you went in afterwards. It, it's, it's just worth saying, worth pointing out that anything that I that, that anything that I say in terms of economic uh, decision-making is based entirely off of my own thought, th- thoughts and, and decisions and is not corporately sponsored by anyone. Or... And... Uh, I, I think the joke's run its course, Ben. <laughs> no. Uh, it's never getting old. <laughs> Alright, so... Um, this week, um, I know we had said we were going to talk about uh, copyright and trademark law. But we're shelving that for a moment. I'm trying to see if maybe I can get a special guest guest star of someone who is significantly more internet famous than than any of us. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to Leonard French and see if he'll do an interview. Leonard French is your favorite copyright attorney. Um, he is an actual copyright attorney, and he has a pretty successful YouTube channel where he. Hmm. sits and talks about copyright law. Pretty much everything I know about copyright law I learned from watching his channel and reading law books. So, yeah, because <laughs> you're thrilling that way. <laughs> so, speaking of copyright, uh, this, ah, week yes. this week in Geek. What's happened in Cockygate this week? Okay, so... I'm getting more pizza. Yeah. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm going on about this, go get, my, go get more ta- uh, tasty pastry... Uh, dish there. So this week in Cockygate, um, 
So Flynn Hopkins has proven that uh, when it comes to low, she's the queen of, wait, I've gone as low as I can? No, here, hold my beer. So, um, Kevin Newper, uh, a uh, IP lawyer, one of the best in the nation uh, when he was practicing, uh, filed, I think we, I covered last time, filed to have her copyright uh, voided, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Felina Hopkins has, through her, through her lawyers, evidently, and you can see this on Newper Writer's uh, YouTube, uh, decided to sue, and in the process of doing so, her lawyers have filed a motion to, uh, which means they just asked for it, they don't have it yet, uh, they have filed a motion to uh, issue a temporary restraining order against Kevin Newper's um, basically petition to void her copyright. That's not surprising. That's actually kind of standard legal procedure. The fact of the matter is, though, is that she's suing him to prevent him from basically filing a petition to void her co her copyright, which I'm pretty sure... What's she sue what, on what grounds is she suing? That's my question. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that no one seems to know. Because yeah, if she's filing if she's filing suit, she needs to file suit for legal grounds. For yeah, for, for, exactly. For exactly. And, and that's the thing that no one seems to be able to figure out, is what her grounds are. Um, that's a matter of public record. Who has, why haven't people just... Well, it paid the the twenty bucks to 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 get a, the doc the docket uh, documents. Well, that's the thing is, um, the, you know, nobody really knows what the. Uh, I mean, all all. I guess if you don't have the docket number, that makes it a little tricky. Yeah, yeah. So it's been one of those things of, uh, yeah, everybody's going. Oh, I don't know, uh, because basically, um, he's you know. All he got was a letter from her... Uh, you know, With from, the TRS, yeah. Yeah. Um, TRS stands for Temporary Restraining Order, by the way. Or TRO, sorry. Right, TRO, yes. Um, let's see, where is he? TRS, TRO. So many yeah. things. Yeah. I'm spelling it wrong. Anyways, um, let's see you. Newper, Kevin Newper, there he is. So basically, yeah, um, she has uh, done. She's basically throwing shit at him to try to keep him, uh, you know, to try to keep him from, uh, you know, keep him from doing it. She, it's basically it's a slap, is what it is. Yeah, that makes sense. She's trying to hold on to to that copyright as long as possible before somebody with common sense gets a chance to look at it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, because in the intervening time, she can be a market cornering bitch. Yeah. Well, and uh, Kev, uh, tweet on Kevin Newper's thread. Well, things are about to escalate. I guess now Felina Hopkins thinks you can't even use the word cocky in a book. She's also never heard of satire. Good luck with that one. If you're a journalist, you may want to start paying close attention. Of course. Uh, and he follows it up with, Today, plausible claims of parody almost always prevail over trademark rights and judicial rulings. Uh, digital law, Washington, EDU. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's one of the one jokes made about you, maybe you yeah. shouldn't act like such a joke. I know we're not talking about... Uh, I know we're not talking about, about copyright law this year, but or this week, but um, one of the most standard claims for fair use 
mm-hmm. is, is parody. parody or satire. Right. Um, that's pretty much what a lot of comedic internet reviewers built their foundation upon. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer, um, so what I'm saying here is perhaps tempered with a grain of salt. I think that even that grounds is slightly shaky, legally speaking, mm-hmm. but it's still what everyone stands on. Exactly, exactly. And it's gonna, this is gonna be a, this yeah. is a, a remarkable shit show, is what it is. Right? So, yeah, and, and uh, you gotta see the gift that's attached so far farther in the thread. <laughs> <laughs> People sitting basically going, I'm, I'm here to watch. I, I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> Does, did no one have the uh, Michael Jackson eating popcorn gift? Uh, actually, there's another one. Uh, uh, there's a better one. There's a better one. That's always a, that's always been my yep. Angela oh, Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. <laughs> yes. Jessica Fletcher eating popcorn. I always I've always appreciated the 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 gift that you get from people in Facebook threads of Michael Jackson eating popcorn from Thriller. From Thriller, right? Um, because you know that that. This person, because they, they, that comment only shows up in comments threads that are stupid. Yeah, oh yeah. And someone well, is just there to watch. Yeah, but I love this one. The, the one that I first showed is is basically, it looks like, I, I don't know who it is, but it's basically a guy walking up, popping up in one of those folding chairs with just a, just a like, whoop, and it pops open and throws it down and sits down like... It's another commonly used one. I'm sure that many people will be able to find it. If I'm not smart enough to just, like, put it on the website, because I probably won't be. I could find it. I could put it there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There. We have Michael Jackson. Right, right. Uh... Oh yeah, and then of course, then there is the then there is the great one of my my favorite ones. Uh, it's uh, what are you, an idiot sandwich? An idiot sandwich. Yeah. You know, this is a this is not a visual medium that we're in, Ben. We might want to stop with the gifts. But um, my point being is that people or gifs, are, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Right. I have an uh, equal opportunity. I'm equal opportunity. Uh, if I really want to annoy people, I pronounce it joyf. Joyf. <laughs> Could so. technically, theoretically, do so, and that fist, and that pisses everybody off. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the whole thing, old Twitter thread. It's it's Nuper Writer, and it's K N E U P P E R W R I T E R on on Twitter. Um, it's a great thread, and basically, <coughs> um, like he's you know, like he said, if you don't want jokes to be made out of you, made of you, don't, don't act like a joke. Don't make yourself into one. Yep. So, yeah, um, it's one of those things of, wow. <laughs> um, and Set Sail Studios, the, uh, the uh, creators of the font she used to tr- copyright her, tr- her yeah. trademark. Uh, I don't know what, where they have been on that. I'll probably have some of that later on. <laughs> But it's I just feel like this, we could do at this point we could almost do an entire episode on Cocky Kate. It, we really could because I mean it's just like this the slow motion free fall that people are watching and she, as it's like she's leaped off of a building and she's committing career suicide, but she can't seem to find the bottom. It's really <laughs> it, it it really does smack very much of uh, reminds me very much of 
Alex Maurer uh, suing. Um, uh, so the reason, okay, uh, we're we're getting way off topic, but but screw it, right? Um, <laughs> we're we're so having fun. <laughs> the reason I the, the reason I am primarily aware of Leonard French is because of two lawsuits: Digital Homicide versus Jim Sterling, and Alex Maurer versus I can't remember the name of the, of the game publisher. Um, Alex Maurer. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up to the internet. Yes. The makers of uh, of Star Mazer DSP. Um, Alex Maurer decided that uh, the makers of Star Mazer DSP had not paid her enough, despite the fact that she terminated her contract early, um, was given a severance, that was agreed upon. Um, so she started issuing a copyright strike. She? She. Alex Maurer. She. Okay. Um. Starmazer? Yes, Starmazer DSP. Okay, because I've got... Yes, she. Okay. Not a very good picture right now, but yes. Because it, it referred to it refers to Alex Maher as he. Uh, she's trans. Ah, so okay. And so I would not be so mean as to uh, as as to use dead pronouns. Is, because okay, so it, that was something that that she was very much like. Part of her counter lawsuit was that people were be, were like dead naming her and shit, and that's not cool. So it'd be Lexi Maher. Is it? I don't know. Last I heard, it was Alex. Still. Just A-L-E-X. Right. Now, if I'm out of date on that and Alex Maurer is listening, God, I hope she's not listening, because I'll probably get embroiled in this too, um, and I'm not nearly famous enough to matter. Um, but... Anyways. So. Yeah, but in any case, she started copyright striking every YouTube video um, that featured Star Mazer DSP. Every playthrough. Anything that involved... The music she had made. Hmm. Um, and that's very much, you know, an abuse of the Digital Millennium C- Trademark Act, uh, yeah. Copyright Act, especially since she was claiming videos because she was trying to force Imago Softworks, that's the name of the company, mm-hmm. to pay her more. Right. That is not how this works. And they took her to court and they won. Uh, they ended up having to go to court. Well, they sort of took her to court. Yeah. Uh, it was dismissed with it was dismissed with great prejudice, if I recall correct. If I recall how the uh, case ended. Um, Right, and part of the reason that we don't hear anything about Alex being Lexi is because Alex has taken no steps to actually transition. Uh, the, the theory, I don't know. The theory, the theory out there is that um, that it is an attempt to basically insulate, you know, to be insulated from uh, from criticism. I don't know. I ref- I. I- I don't. I refuse to weigh in on that on on that particular um, bag of worms. Right. 
But Cocky Gate is just continues to remind me more and more of, of the uh, of the Alex Mauer versus Imago Softworks yeah. thing. Um, because yeah, because evidently Imagos it, did. Imagos was more than generous. Yes, and including including changing the name on it, but then yeah, evidently we hit him again. Yeah, there it recently started doing more stuff and. Probably gonna have to go back to court on that. Leonard was Leonard French, your favorite copyright attorney, was the representing attorney in that particular case for Imago Softworks, right. which is why I'm as up on that as I because with his client's permission, he would give case updates to his YouTube channel. It was yeah. really enjoyable viewing. <laughs> yeah, he did, evidently DMCA'd every single video that uh, that was yeah had the had music, and, and it's also I mean it's also which is a total abuse of the power. Right, and, and you know, it's another thing of, uh, it's like, you know, like Lanny Sarum's whole, oh, I just bought my way onto the, uh, you know, onto the New York Times bestseller. Um, oh, you didn't like the way I did that? Well, it's because I was, you know, I was like, check, you know, look, you're, you're, first of all, your book sucks. Seriously. No one can read it. I mean, no one can read it and actually give, you know, uh, all five positive uh, reviews of it. Are probably people who didn't actually read the book, um, you know. And, and just, I want every sale to count. Well, you know what? <sighs> New York, and the reason was is because she was trying to use this as a launch to her movie career. And I find it in no way surprising that both Lanny Sarum and um, Felina Hopkins are both actresses before they were writers. Um, you know, I, you know, from everything I've heard, you know, Felipe Hopkins is not a bad writer. Of course, from everything I've heard, Lenny Serum is not a good writer. But uh, I mean, and, and that's that's not the only one. I mean, there's there's many cases of authors behaving badly, but I've just never seen an author take this long to self-destruct. It's like it, it's like it, it's really interesting when it happens in this much slow motion. Yeah, and where it just it, it's like an onion. There, it's it's like an ogre. <laughs> There are layers, <laughs> you know, just like layer upon layer upon layer of s serious malevolence. Anyways, all right. So that was eighteen minutes on this week in Cocky Gate, right? Um, yeah, this week in Cocky Gate. I said we could do an entire. We could. Episode. We really could. We maybe should start saving things for just like. So here's the fallout. Mm -hmm. um, in any case, yeah. So that's other the, things that happened this week in Geek. Uh, Deadpool two came out. Solo came out. It's been actually two weeks because. I yeah. took another week off to visit to visit home again for another brother's birthday. That's the last birthday until July in my family, so we won't shouldn't have too many more weeks missed. Right. Um, so, sorry, everyone. I have a life. Right. We have uh, more trailers out for Venom. Mm-hmm. And um, and of course the the fallout of uh, of uh, speaking of fallout of Avengers. Infinity War continues. People, yeah, the snapping. Um, spoilers, potential spoilers ahead for a thing. Um, there is a chair involved. <laughs> yes, but more people are dead. Or well, and it's not so much that. It's just that it, fan theories abound. Um, you know, as as to uh, there was a whole long discussion on how Doctor Strange could have seen every possible one. Uh, every possible outcome, you know, if Thanos ended up getting the Time Stone, um, 
you know, but I'm just like, he looked, he looked at 14 million combinations, you know, um, and, you know, he found, he found the one, and the thing is, is that, you know, it's like, hey, it's, you know, strange, you know, strange figured out that Tony had plot armor. <laughs> it's, you, know, <laughs> you know, he had the Iron Man plot armor. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, there, there's different, you know, and of course, all the articles about, you know, this tragic death, blah, blah, blah. People are, people are making much of the, uh, of the... Uh, who the fuck cares who, who died in the first half? This is comic book movies. Yeah. All that really matters is who's died, who's dead at the end of the second half. Right. Which... Uh, theoret- the- people have been theorizing will be Tony and uh, Cap because Robert Downey Jr. and uh, and Chris, whichever Evans. Chris that is, Evans, both don't want to do these movies anymore. Right. Um, but see, Tony's alive at the end, you know. Um, well, no, at the end of the second half. Yeah. That's the question. The question is, who's going to be dead at the end of the second movie? Right. And the th- and the common fan theory that I'm aware of presently is that somehow they're gonna get the Infinity Gauntlet back but Tony and Cap are gonna have to sacrifice themselves in some manner um, yeah, have to have the Soul Stone or some shit. Yeah, so that so that they can be effectively written out of the MCU. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, look, I'm looking at it from the point of, the, point of view of the MCU and going um... Is there any way we can conceivably get Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans to sell their soul to us? Because they are the cash cows. You know, I would never ever let them go until such time as they. Uh, well, you know, they're out there. At this point, Robert Downey Jr.'s yeah, their contract is up, and they and uh, but yeah, RDJ not. apparently had right of first refusal, mm-hmm. so he said, "I don't want to do these anymore." Right, but I would still, I, as, as Marvel, I'd be going, no, no, we need to leave a loophole. We need to leave a way for him to come back because there's a way we can throw enough money at Tony, would you like, Robert, would you like a billion dollars to be in a movie? No shit, you want a percentage? <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Well, they probably are working for percentage. Yeah, that's what I'd do. And I'd, I'd be making a percentage of the gross, not the, not the net. By the by, interestingly enough about percentage, uh, Deadpool 2 beat Avengers' opening weekend. Which is just amazing. Yeah. Although, also, hot take, Deadpool 2 was a really good movie. I haven't seen it. I have gone to see it. We will do an episode on it once Ben gets a chance to see it, once he's finished with his thing. But, um... Yes, I am moving. Okay, I wasn't sure whether you wanted me to say oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, I got, a, I got a new house. I get, uh, we get a new house coming up, uh, renting a new place, and I get my own office! With a few, oh my god! So I'm starting to want. My, my my friend Kevin lives up around where you're we're moving. We're wondering if, it, if if you're moving into the house that he would that that uh, that he would, had said to a, to another friend of ours. Well, this house is on the market. It's apparently not on the market anymore. No, it was never on the market actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is. Uh, I'll show you later. Okay, we'll find about it. I I will. Yeah. But I have that's real life stuff. We don't need to worry about it right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, I've got a great view out my front back, front and back windows. So, um, yeah. Other geeky word news: uh, Detroit became become human came out. Yes, from what I've seen, that is. Um, I've I, I I bought it. I've played through the first two chapters. 
Um, the first chapter has six different possible endings, and according to the writers, each decision you make, um, in fact, has a potential uh, significant impact on the ending of the of the game. All of the main characters, all or none of the main characters, are capable of dying at any point in the story. Um, it's really interesting and a lot of fun, and I am I can't quite recommend it for a basic reason. You have to be a certain kind of nerd to want to play this game. The large group of gamers are going to hate it. It's got very minimal interactivity, like, you have choices and all the choices matter, but for the most part you're just piloting your character through a, through a pretty scene. So it's very linear. It's very cinematic. I, I, as I said to you when you walked in, this is the prettiest movie I've ever played. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because that's uh, that's that's about that's about the best thing I can. It's it's a now me. I'm a theater nut. I'm I I I, I like movies. This game is right up my alley. Right. The whole thing is I can't. I'm not sure I can recommend it to people because. If you like this sort of game, you were hyped for it, you probably already bought it, like me. If you don't like this sort of game, you probably won't like this game. Right. <laughs> so speaking of things entertaining, this weekend, Geek, I watched uh, a new Netflix release. Yeah? Mob Psycho 100. I haven't seen that one pop up on it's the feed yet. It's Japanese. It's dubbed. Well, I, I got that impression. Yeah, just by the title, right? Yes. It has a very Japanese title. Is it is it live action or animated? Live. Okay, so it's a so it's a uh, it's a, it's a drama. It's a serial. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a serial. Yeah. Um, okay. It's it plays kind of to comedy and to action. Uh, the the basically mob is uh, is the main character. Um, although his actual name is Shigeo. Um, and uh, he has psychic powers. Aha! He has all the psychic powers. I see. I mean, it's like they, they, it's like he has the psychic power of I'm the fucking writer. Because um, there's one point, he's like, oh, you know, this this girl gave us a picture that is haunted, has a ghost in it, and oh, my uh, my mentor, my boss, accidentally uh, erased part of her with the uh, you know with the Photoshop tool. Here, I'll erase the ghost and unerase the part that he did, just with this wave of my hand, you know. Um, <laughs> Sounds was, interesting. I'll have to yeah, add it to my ever-growing Netflix queue. Yeah, it's uh, and the thing is, is it's like Mob is the ultimate nice guy. Um, okay. You know that's good. Um, the name like Mob, it sounds like he should be an anti-hero. Uh, no, no, he is the ultimate in non-hero. Um, he's he's the you know, Japanese middle school kid who can't talk to girls. Uh, oh, he's he's a middle schooler. Yes, he is like in eighth grade, I think. Oh, uh, uh, that yeah. sounds like uh, might be a live action adaptation of an anime that exists. Um, 
Netflix has been doing that, has, has done a couple of those, actually. They made a live-action version of uh, Kakegururi. Mm-hmm. Try saying that three times fast if you're not Japanese. Um, Gururi. Gururi. Um, and Mob Psycho 100 might be the other one I'm thinking of, but I, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, but um, it's... Uh, the My quick, quick and dirty review of it is Mob basically is a normal... You know, or abnormally shy and re, you know, and retiring nice guy, um, until his stress levels reach one hundred percent, and then he becomes this you know this scenery munching badass. Uh, I mean, he literally destroys sets. Um, it, it, you know, um, and then he goes back to being, um, uh, um, you know, fun. Yeah, and. Uh, it was good up until the last couple episodes, and I think they kind of rushed things, and they made too many, one too many coincidences. So but I think that leads, leads kind of into, but there's a lot of martial arts in it. Mm-hmm. I think okay. you talk about things like shadow leaders of schools. and This leads in pretty nicely, you're right. Since we're, uh, since we're back recording at my house, since we're no longer recording at Wookiees, we can bring back an old, an old uh, favorite segment that I like, which is, what's Neil drinking tonight? So, what's Today. Neil drinking tonight? Uh, today I'm just drinking Guinness because I forgot that I had beer in my fridge and I had, we have pizza, so... Beer, beer, pizza. pizza. and beer, that's... Right. I'm drinking Monster Energy drink. Ultraviolet. That'll kill you one of these days. You know that, right? Yeah, but not as long as it's not today. <laughs> now it keeps me awake. Spoiler of the week. Yeah, we didn't decide on spoiler of the week this week. Um... Spoiler of the week. Well, um... The sensei dies. That's pretty good. I mean, I was think I was thinking Chen Zen isn't dead. I don't even know. Well, that is a... We're going to have to have, have to schedule another movie day at some point. Um, yeah. See, I grew up watching old, you know, martial arts movies, uh... You know, on uh, on USA. On USA Today. Yeah, USA Today, USA Network. Back in the day, yeah, uh, when USA Network was a network, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, when they their Saturday, you know, their Saturday afternoon was all about the martial arts movies. I uh, I don't know when I saw my first. My my dad will I I can't not think of them as chop sake movies because that's Chopsaki. what my dad always calls right. them. Um, I think I was like eight or nine, and TBS was airing Mr. Nice Guy, which is a Jackie Chan movie. Yes, I remember that one, Mr. Nice Guy. And for some reason, we had blocked time as a family to watch this movie on TV. Right? Um, I was, I, I got into watching a bunch of. Um, the movies. Jackie Chan was my big. Was my big. Holy crap! Let's watch this guy do things that are scary. And how did he survive that? And yeah. oh, he he tried it about twenty times and probably broke a, and probably broke a few bones in, in some of the attempts. When you watch the outtakes, um, right? Oh man, those outtakes. Um, like in Rumble in the Bronx, he had a broken ankle for like half of the movie. Right? Uh, and was wearing a cast. Right, exactly. 
Um, yeah, there was a movie, and I can't remember all of it. I only remember one of the characters' names, and that was Salud. It's something in Salud. The good movie. It was a good buddy, com- you know, uh, buddy movie. But yeah, I remember growing up watching Jackie Chan, Drunken Master. Ah, uh, yes, Drunken Master. Uh, that was a great <sighs> one. Good movie. And then, uh, of course, there was his Super Cops. Uh, the Super Cop movies, yeah. Yeah, those were, those were good. But Drunken Master was Jackie Chan just being fucking Jackie Chan. He he invented most of the style of drunken boxing. Yes, it's theoretically based off of an old form of Kung Fu, mm-hmm. but based on, it's very much, it was very much a thing that he created. Okay. And it was interesting because one of the things he did sometimes to get in the right frame of mind for it, or not right frame of mind, but to right. get the right level of stagger, right, is he would lean over and then straighten up as fast as he could to get that rush of blood not to the head for a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. I mean, he, I mean, he did. Johnny Depp should have taken lessons from him with his, you know, with his drunken master, because he did so good at that. I mean, yeah, Johnny Depp was a pretty good drunken pirate. Exactly, exactly, and that's the, that's the point, is that when Jackie Chan went into drunken master mode, I mean, J- first of all, Jackie Chan is a rubber-faced clown to begin with. He kind of regretted that, honestly. But he, you know, he, and I think that's what made him so relatable, though. Yeah. Is you know he wasn't you know when he did a when he he didn't he didn't Bruce Lee, Lee that shit. It wasn't you know it's like oh I'm stoic face none of this affects me. It's like oh, yeah oh that hurts you know uh, you know and, and see Mr. Nice Guy of the movies that he did I was the least impressed with. It's just the first one I remember seeing. I, yeah. I agree. Um, Mr. Nice Guy was like, okay, Mr. Nice Guy was Australian from beginning to end, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so it was, it was for its day, over the top in all the places it shouldn't have been. The villain was cartoonish. He was a cartoon thug. Yeah, you know. My favorite Jackie Chan movie is probably still Rumble in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx was good, but one of his favorites that I liked that was semi-serious was Who Am I. I think it's Rumble in the Bronx. I can't remember. There's yeah, it's the one where he's in New York. Yeah, no, no, he well, does the, does that jump across the sailboat? That's not the one. The one I'm I can't. I'm pretty sure it's Rumble in the Bronx. But there's a scene where he's fighting a gang in a effectively a warehouse. Right. It's the one with a shopping cart. It's the one. The, the, the ladder. I, I, the scene with the ladder. Yes, yes that's Rumble in the Bronx. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know all my movies, but I know my fucking Jackie Chan stunts. <laughs> the scene yeah. where he jumps in and around that ladder so hard. Yeah. Well, and there's there's another scene earlier on where he uses a shopping cart. I remember the shopping cart scene too. Yeah, because well, he's going up against one of the gangs. Yeah, it's like it. There, there's the old. There's, there's the old thing that I, that I always kind of think of. Oh, hey, these guys have swords and knives. It's okay. Jackie Chan has a gallon of milk. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know. You know I love the, I love one, but one of the best scenes, and you can tell he was handing it, uh, but, you know, that's, that's the direction. That's not Jackie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not Jackie's fault was with the mirror. 
the with with a two way mirror. Ah, uh, yes. You know when he's you know when he's in front of the mirror doesn't realize there are other people on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, but that's the thing about Jackie Chan is is he was never afraid to get you know to ham it up to just be to look silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never been afraid of that. Um, but now later in his career, <coughs> you know, he's gotten really, he's know. gotten really serious because he actually kind of regretted. It. Kind of typecasting uh, himself as the nice guy character. Yeah, um, but the thing is, is, he's done other ones. I mean, Super Cop, very serious. Yeah. Um, you know, Who Am I? Really serious. Not sure I've seen that one. Uh, uh, Super Cop? No. Uh, who, or, am uh, who Am I? I'm not sure. I've seen oh yeah, he plays he plays a character with amnesia, and the thing is, is the film, the movie never answers who he is. <laughs> it never answers that, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, then there is uh, there's another one he did, uh, Legend, I think, or not I Am Legend, but uh, yeah, no Legend, where he was with Jet Li. No, uh, uh, Forbidden Kingdom. Sorry, that's what yeah. For, Forbidden Kingdom was another great one. Oh my, where he God. played the drunken master. master. Yeah, and Jet Li played the. Stoic master until he turned out to actually be the the Monkey King. The hair of the Monkey King. Yeah, yeah. the hair of the Monkey King. Spoilers. But. Yeah, I guess they're spoiler of the week. Jetley's, uh, but uh, let's see here. Well, he uh, was also just the Monkey King too. So, right. He, yeah, he did end up playing uh, Jackie Chan. Um, but there's another one he did that really was. It was tragic. Uh, it was very tragic in the, uh, you know, in, in its whole uh, the whole thing. Uh, but his turnout in the foreigner, oh my god, Jackie Chan became a scary motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, well, the yeah. guy, the guy went to a, the Chinese to some Chinese acting conservatory from the age of eight. Yeah. Um. Is a trained Chinese opera singer, right? Um. The myth, the myth is a tragic one. Uh, he ends up, yeah, but uh, police story. Is another one of his. That's one yeah. of his more. Uh, that's one of his more. Or his recent uh, the Shinjuku incident, which only came out like a couple three years ago, and he's playing a cop who's getting too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. Because well, he's kind of too old for this shit, right? <laughs> well, he, he, he couldn't do half of what he can't do half of what he used to be able to do. Yeah. Well, and then uh, another great one, and this was some really good chemistry in the casting. Was his turn in uh, Karate Kid? Yeah, the Karate Kid was a, was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, I mean his chemistry with Jaden Smith mm-hmm. was just fucking amazing. Those two played off each other so well. This is really turning into the Jackie Chan era. <laughs> well, don't but, worry, we're gonna get to we're, we're gonna get to Jet Li and uh, Donnie Yen here in a second. Okay, see Jet Li, I know Bruce Lee, I know. Bruce Lee, the only person to have successfully killed Chuck Norris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was an epic fight scene too. But uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Lee, so badass. The only thi- the only person capable of killing him was himself. Right. Because there's a theory that he potentially meditated himself to death. No, probably not. He had an actual brain aneurysm, but still. Yeah, yeah. It's like Bruce Lee, the only person on earth that even Chuck Norris goes no. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. No, this, uh, yeah, you notice, you know, uh, but yeah, Man. Jackie Chan, awesome stuff. Jet Li, oh my God, the one I think to me was his 
you know, was was his magnum opus. I've actually never seen the one. Oh, he he fights himself in the one. Yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with the. I've just never seen it. My favorite Jet Li movie is still Unleashed. I have not seen that one. He plays a dude who has been raised as a as a fighting dog mm-hmm. for a random British bad person. Mm-hmm. Because all because if it's a kung fu movie, the bad that guy, guy is, is British. British. Yes. Um, I wonder why. It's almost like the UK was horrible, you know, colonialists. But in any case, um, uh, but in any case, um, so he has been, and he gets found by a blind Morgan Freeman and his daughter. And shown that you don't have to be a monstrous killer all the time, right? Yeah. Well, and then uh, there was another one, Hero. Hero was really good too. Hero Unleashed, and there was a third movie, which were considered a pseudo trilogy. Uh, to Fist of Legend, or might have been Fist of Well, Fist of Legend, by the way, was what I was referencing when I said Chen Zhen is a dead. Ah, okay. Fist of Legend is one of the few is one of the few kung fu movies I own on DVD. Ah, okay. Uh, I own Fist of Legend, uh, Kiss of the Dragon, um, two really bad movies that he made with that he made with DMX. Um, <laughs> Romeo Must Die, Must Die. and uh, and uh, Cradle to the Grave. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Which one. are actually okay movies. I also yeah. own Ong Bak, the Thai Warrior, which uh, we should talk about as well at some point, even if you haven't seen it. Um, but didn't he do the replacement killers too? No, that was... Was that him? Or... I don't know. Let's see. Unleashed... Movie. It's not a comedy. Whoever categorized it on... This... Twin Warriors? That's... It was... Oh, that was Michelle... It was him, Michelle Yeo. Uh, Expendables, Shaolin Temple, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Bodyguard from Beijing. Lethal Weapon Four was where I first was introduced to him. He he does a good job of playing anti-hero slash villains yeah. too, which is something that's very interesting. That oh, he was the original Black Mask. Black Mask and. It was, it was in 1996, Black Mask. It's like a superhero martial arts movie. Okay. Uh, he, was the, he was in The Enforcer. Yep. Uh, he was the villain in The, in the Mummy 3. Yeah, i.e. The, the bad mummy movie. Yes. But, to be fair, he wasn't bad in the bad mummy movie, just the writing was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, now you have to be a little bit more specific. The bad Brendan Fraser mummy movie. Right, yeah. Because <coughs> the Dark Universe was such a great idea, Universal. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, God, he has got so many... You know, Jet Li has a billion credits. Yeah. Um, I really, really like Kiss of the Dragon, where he's uh, where he's rampaging through France. Hmm. Um, I think I may have seen he plays a cop. He plays a, a British cop. Or not a British cop. He plays a, a Chinese cop who is brought in 
uh, as an Interpol um, loan officer, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a because uh, there's a Chinese uh, drug lord that is being brought down, um, and um, then it very turn- quickly turns into um, into a foobar because it turns out that the cop that he's cooperating with is actually a dirty cop and is uh, a drug lord and running oh. the entire underworld of Paris. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, now speaking of bad movies that I love, going back to Jackie Chan, The Medallion. Oh. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, that was a bad movie, but it, it was fun. It was fun. Now, I, but replacement killers, Chow Yun-Fat. <laughs> Chow Yun-Fat's a good actor. He is, and he does such a such a good stoic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah. Oh, sorry. Speaking of really of, of movies that no one's seen but everyone should, mm-hmm. there is a kung fu movie out there called Mantis Fist and Dragon Claw of Shaolin. Wow, that's probably easier to say in, in Mandarin. The, my my <laughs> brothers and I saw this on public access TV. Back in Jeff City one night, um, and it is a really bizarre trip. It doesn't feature anyone you recognize. It was made in like the 70s. And it features this wandering guy, the wandering warrior who wanders into town. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this evil crime family controlled by three brothers. Wandering Warrior falls in love with random with, with random pretty girl. The three warriors proceed... The three brothers? The three brothers, yeah, proceed to kind of kick his butt, but he went, but he fights them. But they also proceed, in turn, to kidnap and, trigger warning, rape the girl. Mm. This is important because as at, right after they do that... They all turn up dead. Hmm. The three evil brothers are dead at about the three quarters way of the way way of the mark through the movie. Um, so hooray! Problem solved. Wandering warrior marries the girl. It turns out she's a praying mantis monster and kills anyone who screws her. Oh, God. So the final fight is between him and her in this really bad suit. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just the most bizarre thing right? I have ever seen in my life. I, would re- I really would honestly think that it was a fever dream I had had, except both Ethan and Kent can confirm that it actually exists. (laughs) So, to replace, going to replacement killers, you want to talk about something that's Okay. Alright, so it was a a good vehicle for Chichao. In fact, this is in in 98. Yep. Uh, It also stars Michael Rooker. Who? I don't know that name off the top of my head. Sorry. Um, You weren't your daddy, boy. Ah, okay. (laughs) Um... And then uh, Mira Sorvino. You have to give me context on actors' names, Ben. You should Mira know Sorvino, this about me by now. Uh, she, oh, she's done a lot of stuff too. But uh, let's see here. 
And then Danny Trejo was in that movie as well. Um, Danny Trejo, I know. Right? But he's hard to not know. Right, he's hard to miss. Um, she was in Mighty Aphrodite, Mimic, um, Summer of Sam. She was one of the actresses who ended up getting on the wrong side of certain people in Hollywood. Um, she was in uh, Norma Jean and Marilyn, Exposed. Um, God, a lot of. Um, been a lot of, you know, almost good, almost famous movies. Um, <laughs> That's a sad thing to say. I've almost been in, been in good movies. Well, no, I've been in good movies, but I've almost been in. Well, she was in uh, popular she was, movies. She was in a, a Robin Williams movie. Um, yeah, but it was uh, like twenty four hour photo. It was Final Cut. Oh. <laughs> uh, Indiscretion, uh, Replacement Killers, Mighty Aphrodite, Mimic. Uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Ben, you want any more of this pizza? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, but it's one of those things of, it's, every now and again, there's one of those movies that tries to cast a white girl in it as the, you know, I don't know. It's like, it was the tuxedo. Okay. That the tuxedo was... was not a good movie. No, it wasn't. It was not. It tried to be a spy movie, and you know, I just everything was based on on a misunderstood. You know, the whole plot was based on a misunderstood. Uh, you know, quote. You know, Walter Strider. Uh, you know, William Shakespeare can get away with that. Yeah, but it 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 gets boring. It, it gets bad even when Will does that. So right. Well, the thing is, is you put Jackie Chan up against Jennifer Love Hewitt. I mean, uh, no, no. They're they're they're. Their acting styles, while they're both good at what they do, are not compatible. She does not do good as good a comedy as Jackie Chan does. And she does not perform comedy on the same level as Jackie Chan does. She's more for serious roles. So, yeah, no. Um, but, uh, so, then Donnie Yen. You're going to have to take it for Donnie Yen, because I, I don't know him outside of, like, Rogue One. Donnie Yen is... Um Donnie Yen is one of my favorite current acting um, kung fu guys, even though he's probably pretty much done because he's like 50. Right, at that point you're fucking ancient. <laughs> well, when it comes to doing... Kung fu? When it comes yeah. to doing... Especially since he, he tends to do some wire fu. He does, a lot, he does uh, some wuxia. Yeah. Um, and that takes... That, that puts a strain on your body that older people are going to have difficulty in handling. Yeah, it does. You just have to recognize the physical limitations there. That's what stuntmen are for. Well, that... But everyone since Jackie Chan has been famous for doing their own stunts. This is true. Yeah, Jackie Chan really set that bar high. Yeah. Uh, him and Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee did all his own fighting. Do all our own stunts. Right. Well, and, and that, that brings us back to Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee actually made the Chopsaki film American. He, I mean, he... 
he broke so many barriers. I mean, most people's first Enter the Dragon, man. Yeah, Enter the Dragon. But you know, most people's first introduction to him was on the Green Hornet. Oh yeah, the Green Hornet. Kato. Uh, Kato, because yeah, there was you know, and he because Kato did actually all did did all the fighting, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and people fell in love with that. You know, um, Kato was the competent one. Exactly. They actually uh, did that really well in the in the they, Green Hornet movie with Seth Rogen, by the way. Yeah, where they really overdid it with, you know, his incompetence on the other side of that. A little bit. It was uh, still a fun movie. Yeah, it just I don't like Seth Rogen's style. It, it just that's fine. But yeah, I mean, he, and that was where he basically, you know, Bruce Lee was the pioneer in the martial arts movie and making it a you know hey, we can actually put an Asian person in there as a star, and people will dig it. And I love Bruce Lee's approach. I mean, he, he created Jeet Kune Do. Yep. Fun uh, story, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Lee is also partially responsible for Jackie Chan's uh, starting acting. Yes. Because Jackie Chan was uh, was a stu- was one of the many um, faceless um, thugs. thugs in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And actually told a really funny story about how um, he he missed his mark at one point, and Bruce actually full on clocked him in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the whole thing stopped. He's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine." Bruce Lee hit me. Yeah. Um, Bruce Lee hit me. It's like yeah. it, it, it's an honor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bruce, but Bruce Lee brought actual skill to the screen, but he was yeah. also, I mean, my God, the man was ripped. You know? Oh yeah, I, I, I will. Even though, even though it's very, it sounds very Russian, he was an iron curtain of muscle. He was. I mean, and that's he why wasn't. He wasn't jacked. He was cut. Yeah, no, he was ripped. I mean, it's like somebody chiseled that shit out. Yeah, because he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't a big guy. Yeah, but you could tell where every muscle was. Yeah, there was no fat on that kid. Especially in uh, Return of the Dragon, where he took some time to just randomly pose. Yeah. Whoa. And oh, he did he did actual like bodybuilder poses, which yeah. was like to the camera for no other reason than obviously this is so that so that the camera can so that everybody can watching see. at home can yeah. see how impressive his musculature is. Right, because there was a director like, all right, Bruce, well, let's I right. want you to turn and do this. It's like why, I, you know, because I can't do it, with Bruce Lee. But uh, you know, I can see it was like, why must I do this? <laughs> it was like because it'll just look fucking awesome. I can see him in dailies. I am a god. <laughs> but well, uh, and, and you also like back to Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Everyone has seen, at the very least, an homage to Enter the Dragon, because anytime anyone gets nunchucks, they try to do the the, the flourish. Yeah, that he did, and oh, you can't. I mean, you can't see the fucking things move when he did. I mean, film wasn't that fast. No, but film film wasn't that fast that he could punch faster than film. Yeah, exactly. there are a few times where you could tell that one of the main reasons they did they slow they they shot something in slow mo was so that you could see all of it. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> okay, and my favorite homage to that, uh, and it's still it makes, oh yeah, uh, is. Uh, is the last dragon? The last dragon. Show enough, Bruce Leroy. 
Leroy. Oh, right. Bruce Leroy, The Last Dragon. Gotcha. Okay. No, it took yeah. me a second. Yeah. It's been a long time Where since Tim Ock does that whole thing and does it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and with, with the music and everything, I was just like going, yeah. He's got the glow. Yeah. I, that was awesome. But so, he does... He, but, um, yeah, the thing with Bruce... The other thing is Bruce Lee brought martial arts to America. Mm-hmm. Pure and simple. Uh, you know, when a guy his size could take on a guy the size of, you know, Chuck Norris, because he ain't small, right. uh, or fucking Wilt Chamberlain. Yep. That was an awesome fight. So, oddly enough, Bruce Lee brings us back around to Donnie Yen. Mm-hmm. Because Donnie Yen is most famous, at least in the West... For three movies, the Yip Man trilogy. Yip Man was the person, was the actual historical man who trained Bruce Lee. Um, he was a practitioner of a of a martial art called Wing Chun, mm-hmm. um, which, um, if people remember my uh, my character from World of Darkness, that was what my character that was what Duncan practiced because why not. <laughs> Whereas guy just practiced shotgun. <laughs> uh, I want to play that game again. At some point. Uh, I miss playing guy. In any case, um, uh, um, that Shit, those yeah. are the Donnie Yen, Wing Chun, Yip Man. Um, yeah. The thing that always struck me as really interesting about uh, the Yip Man movies is that there is a very very small amount of wire foam. Mm-hmm. But it's almost all practical because you're talking about theoretically historical people yeah. doing mostly historical things. Everything is based on a true story. It's very little of it is actually a true story, but Right, but it's based you know, this this is this happened and this is like that. Yeah, I mean I, I kind of doubt that Yip Man took on an army of like a hundred people with a couple fishing with a couple uh, fish fish boating knives in a fish in a fish marketplace to save a student. That, that seems like it's more overblown for dramas for drama purposes. But you right. know what? It was a badass fight scene, right. <laughs> especially since he never he he had these two fish fillet knives like big fish cleavers. Um. But he flipped them around at the beginning of the fight and was smacking everyone with the dull end. Huh. Uh, <laughs> that, and to me, that's that's the martial arts. You go, this is just not fair. <laughs> I I will deal with him left-handed. <laughs> this is the only way I can be satisfied. <laughs> um, um, other movies that he's been in. Um, but the th- oh, okay, sorry. The other thing that I really like about Donnie Yen is that in almost every movie, there's at least one time where he gets to throw a massive combination attack, mm-hmm. where he just kind of, his hands start just kind of moving in a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. <laughs> it's like, Where the fuck is and that? the Foley guy has to work overtime. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I don't have that many punches, man. Yeah, because it's like, yeah. And he just kind of works someone over real hard. I, I, I don't know. I just always like that. Also, he's just kind of... He's hes a... Donnie Yen always seems to play a guy who's happy, mm-hmm. but not happy-go-lucky. He's hes a right. serious... He's a 
He's a contented man in most movies that I've seen him in. Yeah, he uh, he always seems to be, and then there's another one. Even when he's living in a in a Hong Kong ghetto because the Japanese invade, invaded China. <laughs> right. By the way, that, that that's the other people that's always bad in in, in Chinese kung fu movies, the mm-hmm. uh, Japan and the UK. Right. Because guess who were the invading <laughs> the invading army? Yep. <laughs> okay, another martial artist uh, who actually I. I was very, you know, I was like, oh my god, this guy's impressive as hell. Samo Hung. I feel like I've heard the name. Big guy. Um, he was always the, the, uh, he was usually the comic relief. He was the fat guy. Right. He was, uh, he, was uh, he was usually in Jackie Chan films. Uh, but he actually did a lot of producing and directing too. But he was in Martial Law, the series. Uh, he was in Walker, Texas Ranger, Shaolin Warriors. Um, as he's gotten older, he has become more... He's become less the fat guy and more the... Uh, more what we would used to uh, think of with... Um, oh, God, detective. The Chinese detective. Um... Young fat. <laughs> no, no, no. He was. Uh, God, I can't remember his name now. All of a sudden, I, I just did research on him too. Um, he was the. He was a Chinese detective. Always had number one son with him. Uh, oh God, what is his name? I don't know. Um, if we had more people, maybe maybe someone else would know. To the internet. To the internet. Um, look up Chinese detectives. <sighs> Charlie Chan? Charlie Chan, who's always portrayed as overweight and very inoffensive. Um, you mean very, very offensive? No, inoffensive. Uh, Charlie Chan was developed at a time when Chinese people were considered inferior um, and he was the guy who wrote him was a white guy who was at the time doing his best to create a positive yeah, he role was, for an Asian he was creating the anti-Fu Manchu exactly because yeah the, ye- the yellow menace was always yellow the thing peril, yep. the yellow, yellow peril and Charlie Chan was you know was always um you know, was always was created originally to be a a counter to that, to create a a Chinese character who was portrayed in a good light, who was not you know the the obedient servant or the uh, yellow peril. And Samuel Hung kind of fits into that, especially as he gets older. You know, he's more distinguished, but he's still a big guy. Yeah. But that man can move. And he was always a supporting role until he got a, until he got martial law, which is pretty cool. Speaking of that man can move, I do want to mention at least briefly the other guy who's pretty fit, who's pretty big right now, mm-hmm. Tony Ja. I have not heard of him. Tony Ja practices Muay Thai. Okay. So he's not in the Hong Kong. Um, he, he's he he primarily works out of uh, Bangkok film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he had a breakout movie called Ongbok the Thai Warrior. I remember hearing about that one. Yeah. Ongbok was Ongbok was a th was famous for the stunts again. It's it's once again a, a very much a this guy does all his own stunts. But here's the thing about Ongbok that's different from every other um from from most other movies that you've seen. He does all his own stunts without safety gear. Like, when he jumps over a moving car, it is actually a moving car that is actually moving about 30 miles an hour, and he jumps over it. Right. When he does a back when he does a side flip through a bale of razor wire, it is an actual bale of razor wire. Right. Um yeah, and I'm sure he has medical personnel on standby and things because you've got to. Is. Yeah, but Even when they're using uh, safety equipment, they, they they do. Yeah, but like or like when he stops a pedicab before it falls off of a thing, mm -hmm. that one was probably actually still a little bit of camera trickery. But still, mm -hmm. it was not like the and, and the other thing about it was at least in On Bach and in, in his other movie, which was a really good movie called Protector. Mm -hmm. A lot of the really impressive stunts, mm -hmm. they filmed from multiple angles simultaneously. And so they did a very gimmicky, filmy thing, which was right after he did something that looked really cool, he, you, you, you got to see it again from two different angles. Mm -hmm. But you could tell because it was the exact same motion that it was the same take. The same take. <laughs> so. so, yeah. And. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Either that or some of the best goddamn edited shit I've ever seen in my life. But no, it was, it was, yeah, here, this is, let's, let's see, it, it's like, let's see that again in slow motion from another angle. Charlie. Too many times we can show how cool this guy is. And, you know, and the thing is, is I, I, I we're now, and, and I love this, that this is happening. We're now starting to see film from other parts of the world. Yeah, uh, and all of this traces back to uh, the Chopsaki, you know, movies mm -hmm. where we actually saw Asian characters, not people in yellow face, which was amazingly cool. I really want to see some some, some uh, Ugandan Hollywood films at some point. Uh, and then of course there's Bollywood. Yep. I love this thing I love about Bollywood. They don't care how realistic it, that shit is. I mean, there's no. the one with the guy that's a robot. <laughs> oh my god! And just like, but with Terminator, yeah, yeah, and it just like I see, and I was like, this is fucking amazing, unrealistic as hell, but entertaining. Where it grabs all the guns and then fires them, you know, it, you know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. okay, or you know, the, I think one of the other parts is where he picks up the the car with the girl in it and uses it as a shield for her, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like. Man, that's just... Wow, okay, I love it, I dig it. So there's a really interesting Bollywood movie um, that actually stays pretty realistic. It's a very interesting historical piece called Lagan, which was my, the first um, Bollywood movie I ever saw. Uh -huh. Which is about a cricket match um, between occupying British forces um, and... Uh, Bunch of people and a bunch of people outside um, Uttar Pradesh. Huh. 
<laughs> um, so it's kind of like India's version of the Longest Yard. Kind of. Um, so Lagan was the actual name of a tax that was levied by the occupying British. Right. Um, Bukis. They, and, um, effectively, they, the, the town in question has had no rain for, like, the last year. They can't produce crops. They can't afford to pay their taxes. And evil British man is coming to be evil and British. Um, to be Britishly evil. Yes. Um, but he makes a deal with them. I'll tell you what. Beat us in a cricket match, in a cricket test, and we'll cancel your tax for the next five years. And then it's all about them learning how to play cricket. <laughs> um, but with still plenty of song and dance at random moments. Of course. And in Bollywood. classic Bollywood tradition, it's about four hours long. <laughs> um, <laughs> As an intermission, um, <laughs> right? You know, because you can't be expected to to hold to hold yourself for like four and a half hours. Um, it's just like, yeah. It's just a really interesting uh, movie. Yeah, and and I think it's interesting to see movies where you know we see from a different culture's point of view. Because, mm -hmm. like, watching watching Mob Psycho 100, uh, you know, very, very different approach to, you know, to series making. Watching Japanese, uh, watching Japanese entertainment, there is very little backstory. They don't take as much time to go, oh, this is why he does this, and this is why he's left-handed, and this is why, you know, this completely, you know... Well, now, you, a, a, yeah, you, you, a lot of times just characters are. Exactly. And sometimes you will get, like, the reason I always point to Cowboy Bebop as my favorite anime is because it starts very much, here are these two incredibly fleshed-out characters who have massive backstories... You will hear none of these. You will hear none of this backstory until around episode eighteen. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like with, with Mob Psycho and, and some of the other ones. Yeah, you don't hear much about the characters until later on. That suddenly you're going, oh. You don't need the backstory either. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's it's it's. Let's get to the entertainment. Let's get to the meat of the story now, uh, which to me is very much like Japanese language because you know when I listen to Japanese and I watch it being dubbed. I'm hearing names at the beginning that I would normally hear at the end, or words at the beginning that I would normally hear at the end, if it were if it were done with English syntax. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, I think that really, you know, it's like, do this in this place. Like even like in Japanese, you would say, like I would say, "Kodore uh, Neil des." My, I am Neil Cordray. Right. Because you introduce yourself with your surname, followed by your uh, by your given name. Yeah, and. You, and the way it almost sounds is, you know, Neil Cordray is my name. Uh, yeah. As opposed to my name is Neil. Mm -hmm. You know, Neil is my name. Uh, it's a very it's a very passive uh, syntax structure. Yeah, and, which is true. Yeah, as opposed to very passive. Uh, it's as opposed it, to a very yeah. passive aggressive uh, sentence structure. Yes, it's it's it, it's the dog of the man barked at the cat. Right. Uh, yeah, and, as opposed to uh, passive aggressive, which is. The, the man's dog barked to the cat, but that's okay. 
That's I'd be fine, I guess. <laughs> right. That's aggressive. My cat's okay. <laughs> but, uh... Not but traumatized was, or anything. Right. But Bollywood, very much based on myth and, oh, some of the things, you know, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going with grand storytelling, you know, where, you, you know, you, you catapult 16 guys over the wall, and they, their shields form together, and then they come down, bounce, you know, they form a ball when they land, and then everybody bounces out, and they're okay, you know, because that's the way the myth goes. They're a very large, Bollywood tends to be very much beautifully larger than life. Which I love. You know, a cast of about three thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, and then now we're starting to get Syrian and Iranian films out mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know, and and let's just turn it into an episode in, in appreciation of of, uh, of foreign for, films. Yeah, foreign cinema. <laughs> but all of it again has to start with the kung fu action. Films. At least it's start in reaching American audiences. Yes. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, well, and because the they've been making these movies forever. Right, but until it, I think this is the big thing is about the American melting pot. If the Americans see it, the rest of the world ends up seeing it. You know, if if it's if it's big here, it ends up being big everywhere. Because again, as much as we occasionally tend to be, you know, goofy ass thugs, hold my beer rednecks, you know, we are still also very much the. The, the entertainment trend centers of the world. Yeah, we 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 set the trends, but also we tend to be everybody's favorite mutt. <laughs> you know, what are the American? What are the Americans up to this time? <laughs> you know, um, and you know, it just I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of cool in that we are the the frivolous, the gods of frivolity. But, uh, yeah, but I, I always remember growing up watching the Chopsaki films that always had kind of a similar plot, but I still loved it. You know, mm-hmm. this school is facing this guy who used to be a student at the school and has now come back and killed all the students but one and the master. But the master imparts his final wisdom, you know. In a death scene. In a death scene, you know, um, which is kind of why I really liked... Uh, another thing I watched here not too long ago was the new Legends of Monkey. Haven't watched that. It's on Netflix. I know. Australian as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm reminded of something else that's worth pointing out here while we kind of draw to a close, even though we've only been going for about an hour. Yeah, but this has been a fun episode. It has been a fun episode. Um, there's a really interesting concept of also how much of that movie have you actually seen? Because... Um, to go back here for a second to Fist of Legend I have the DVD for Fist of Legend Fist of Legend has the uh, the UK distri- the, the US distribution dub the original Cantonese with uh, with uh, literal su- with literal subtitles the dub and the subtitles are very different dialogues um, yeah. there's a scene wherein Chen Zen, the best. Chen Zen from Ching Wu, the best. Because mm-hmm. um, he is. He's the best. Um, just got done fighting this old Japanese master that happens to also be his fa- his grandfather-in-law. Hmm. Um, like, he, the, the, the Japanese 
karate master had been sent to kill Chen Zhen because he's been a thorn in the side of the occupied Japanese forces. Right. Because um, it's set in Hong Kong during the Japanese occupation. Like it is. Like, like you do. Like you do. Um, <laughs> Same assassin to kill that one guy. After the, after the fight is over and the Japanese karate master has been like, haha, you, you, well, I probably actually could have beat you, but you know what? Good fight. <laughs> <laughs> I am satisfied. <laughs> I have done the thing. I am satisfied. You make a good match for my for my uh, for my granddaughter. granddaughter. It's all good. Your family. I ain't gonna kill you. Um, in the dub, the Japanese master um, Chen Zen asks the master because he's going off to fight the big bad after this. You know, well, what should I do? Do you have any advice for me? The Japanese master make you know, points at him with his with his index finger and thumb mm-hmm. and says to him if you focus on a single point you will be invincible in the dub okay in the subtitle the um Chen Zen asks the same question do you have any advice for how I can defeat the uh, the, the big bad guy and the, to which the the uh, Japanese master responds technique is fine but I'd recommend a gun <laughs> While yeah. making a gun with his fingers. Fine, but I recommend a gun. It's like the knight knight's tail. It's like the line in knight's tail. How would you beat him? With a stick. And While he slept. Yeah. <laughs> How would you beat him? With a stick in his sleep. <laughs> On a horse with a lance? That man is unbeatable. <laughs> Uh, see, I, I gotta come up with a line like that somewhere in, in my series. Still not the best line I've ever. I, my favorite, still my favorite line in all of movies. What's your, Who are you? Why are you doing this? We are bad, bad men, men for the money. money. <laughs> <laughs> well, my other favorite line, of course, is, uh, is like I find a pirate. It's a pirate's life for me. It's a pirate's life for me. And I'll gladly kill kill your friend the maggot. <laughs> Man, that movie just had some great writing and delivery. Yeah, it did. It really did. I, there, that scene's actually on YouTube. Uh, like, well, smuggling is the life for me, and I would be happy to kill your friend the worm. <laughs> yeah, uh, which he doesn't. You know, that, that's the kind of that's the funny thing. It's like I'm your survivor. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of things Japanese, uh, snippet from uh, snippet from something I just recently wrote. Opening line from uh, one of the opening lines from. Uh, uh, true Colors, because Chance is now being trained by a uh, by a uh, Yakuza assassin, and uh, uh, for reasons I'm sure. But yeah, well, uh, if you've read Prom Night, you'll know why he has to be trained by. It's her. not in. It's not in. I didn't bring yet. Which is true. Uh, Excuse uh, me. But uh, anyways, at one point. Um, He's ready to leave, and she calls him back, and he turns and barely stops an eye roll. One did not. One does not roll the eye at a yakuza trained assassin. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. And something stuck in my teeth. <laughs> and now my thumb is bleeding. Be right back. <laughs> We're probably going to edit this part out. No. Nope. <laughs>
So now it's up to me to carry the, to carry the show from here uh, for for a minute or two while Neil t- takes uh, takes a well deserved break. Uh, let's see. So we've been covering kung fu movies. Keep talking. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff that I was thinking about in, in kung fu movies. Um, some of the themes that we that we almost always see in those movies. Um, a lot of times it is, you know, one guy against uh, um, immense odds, and uh, but it's also always that that secret technique. You know what I'm saying? The uh, you know there is that your kung fu is strong, your kung fu is weak, which uh, is parodied in uh, oh. Not easy to do this by yourself, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, if I, if I if I've been playing off with somebody. Uh, is Kung Fu is weak? Is Kung Fu is strong? What is that from? It was a hacker who did that. Uh, was that from? That wasn't from Die Hard. Um, I don't know. I've actually never seen the Die Hard movies. You haven't? I started watching Die Hard one once and fell asleep. My God! Now I have a machine gun. Oh, oh, oh. Movie night. Oh, oh, sorry, not Die Hard. Sorry, I'm thinking Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Okay. I have seen Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard was actually. Yeah, very best comic, book. best Christmas movie in the world. Yes, it is um, the best Christmas movie ever. But, but uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking Lethal Weapon. I fell asleep um, uh, somewhere after Murdoch shot the guy at the at the at, at the place, which I'm sure is nice and yeah, um, yeah, that happens like 18 times. <laughs> I was very tired. Right. Yeah. No. Um, it was when Murdoch saved. Riggs's life the first time, or whatever the whatever Glover's name character's name was. It's when Riggs uh, saves Murtaugh. Riggs is uh, is uh, Mel Gibson's character. Okay. But yeah, that that series got really campy at, at towards the end. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it featured Joe, Joe Pesci. Yeah, point. exactly. You know, it, so yeah, the last one was like, yeah, um, they did they did almost a Scooby Doo ending. Uh, you know, to it, which is nice and campy, but uh, like, but uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to martial arts heroes, Jackie Chan has always been my because he's the most human to me. He's the most humanizing factor in there. Although I love Michelle Yeoh in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as a female martial artist, which you know she can portray a badass like nobody's business. She does. She just exudes I'm a badass. Yeah. She's got that she's got that same screen presence. Although I did like Forbidden Kingdom. I, I, I just that was a tremendously fun movie. It was not bad. I mean Jackie Chan and Jet Li on the same screen yeah. fighting each other. That was what everybody went to the movie for and it was like one scene and then they were buddies again, but yeah, but then, you know, the whole thing, it was just, yeah, it was, it was all too good. I gotta say, though, if I had to pick only one Kung Fu movie to ever watch again, mm-hmm. it would still be Enter the Dragon. I would have to agree. You, because it's just about perfect. Yeah. Although, it's kind of funny, it's, um, Ethan pointed this out to me the last time we were watching it. You want to talk about having? You want to talk about having like all the reasons in the world to go to? It's like so. Um, you want to go to this tournament that's being run by this one bad guy. By the way, he deals in drugs and prostitution. 
By the way, he killed your master. By the way, your sister killed herself because, rather than being taken prisoner by him. By the way, it's like... Yeah, it's like, God, it's like... Here are here's yeah. about 50,000 reasons for Bruce Lee to go kill a motherfucker. I know, and it's like, it's like, holy shit, I've got to stand in line behind myself. <laughs> you know, I'm going to nearly kill you, let you heal, and then nearly kill you again. Just so you suffer enough for all the reasons I have to actually kill you. You know, it's like, I would kill you, but I have to wait for myself, okay? But, but, but there's a cue. Yeah, and it's on me. I'm behind myself on them. Yeah, I'm six guy, I'm also a six guy's back. So, yeah. <laughs> that, but, you know, and, and that's... I mean, shit. And if that was one guy, can you imagine all the other motherfuckers who you don't want to kill is like... Get in line, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it kills the rest of us until you kill him. But but also, you know, the other, the other reason that Dungeons Dragons is just a fucking good movie? John Saxon. He was the white guy, right? He was the white guy, yeah. <laughs> and just any movie with John Saxon in it is just automatically testosterone-laden fun. The black guy was good at it, too. Yeah, he was. Like, the whole movie was... Really had a bunch of just great, great characters. Yeah, great characters, great actors, great acting all all around. Yeah. If perhaps a little bit, like cliched. Well, okay, it was the seventies. It was. Yeah. It's, it's the it black was, guy it, was a black exploitation character. Yeah. Um, which, and. But uh, you know, whatever. Right. Of course, and that's where the time it was time kind of movie that that he would have been in. Right. Well, and then of course you've got. I mean, that that brings me to. Um, you know, bringing back around to the last dragon, total black exploitation movie. But actually, no, not so much a black exploitation. It was it was like the black version of Ender the Dragon. It was a. It was a. It, it was an homage to black exploitation. Yeah. Done by. You know, like. Made by by Barry Gordy, or not Barry Gordy, but like one of his. Kids or something. Yeah, you know the founder of Motown, mm-hmm. uh, with an almost entirely black black cast and crew. So like, yeah, yes, it was still kind of a black exploitation movie, but it was exploiting the fact that it was a black exploitation movie. But it was also it was also about you know I mean because your main character you know totally empowered at the end, uh, black kid. Yeah. You know? Um. And yeah, just like hell yeah, you know. Yeah. No. Last Dragon is a great movie, and, and a very was, underrated and underseen movie. Right, and it and it built almost exactly from the original Chopsaki movies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so go out and see Kung Fu movies. I think is yeah. the uh, oh oh okay. We gave you a list of like a bunch of good ones and a couple yeah. bad ones that are worth seeing. Yeah, and there's another one that actually plays into uh, the black exploitation, or the, not the black exploitation, but plays into a trope in um, The Last Dragon. Uh, it's The Five Rings? Or Circle Circle of Iron. Circle of Iron. It's an old... Uh, it's an old... Um, oh, God. Carradine movie. Um, based on the whole idea of you have everything you need inside you. <laughs> um, which, you know, plays out in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, secret ingredient is nothing. Just so good. say it's special. 
people believe it. Yeah. That's why the, se the secret ingredient, my secret ingredient soup is very cheap. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Kung Fu movies. For hell, for that matter. Kung Fu Panda movies are really good Kung Fu movies. Yeah, they are. They really are. Oh, yeah. Sifu, the, the, the turtle. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Sifu wasn't the turtle. Sifu's no, the red panda. Uh, uh, no. Yugui. Yugui. Master Yugui. Yeah. Although, I like Sifu, too. The, yeah. the Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman, too old for this yeah. little red pan. He's like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and Master Yugui, who has that perfectly zen sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just like... I, I just feel bad for Sifu, because, like, especially in, like, Kung Fu Panda 3, he gets this lie at the end. Sifu, Master Sifu, guess what? I mastered Chi! Sifu's like, of course you did. <laughs> oh. I've been working... I've been doing... I've been, I've been practicing and working on this for 50 years. I can kind of get a flower to bloom. You are complete master of it. Of course. You are bumbling idiot and a complete master of it. <laughs> yeah, and it is like, of course you did. Yeah. It's like... It's it's a defeated, it's a it's a happy it's it's a happy defeated. It's like yeah, you are my best student ever. I am di very disappointed in this fact. Yeah, it's like how is it that you are my best student ever? No, no, it's the line is you are my best student ever. How is that? <laughs> you have mastered more things than I have in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's another one that has Jackie Chan. Uh, um, of course, Seth Rogen. Fucking Seth Rogen in a, in a karate movie. As the Mantis. As the Mantis. Yeah. Uh, and then and Jack uh, Black is as, really great as Poe. Yeah, as Poe. He does a great job as Poe. Uh, it's really interesting also, if you've ever uh, watched some of the behind the scenes, mm -hmm. um, like there, there are a couple things where you see Jack Black in the recording studio I would love to work with Jack Black someday. I would love to work with Jack Black on either, any kind of project. Man. Yeah, because it's fun. He's because he he brings a very he, he brings a very joyous amount of energy to any freaking project like you I've ever seen like you see him like in, in the recording booth, he's bouncing up and down like he he's in character. Mhm. Mm uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to end with with uh, I don't know if I've done this one on this before, uh, but speaking of Bruce Lee, um, so and I know I've, to I've told you this story, but I don't think I've told it here. Okay. Um, so a few years ago, I'm at a uh, I'm at an anime convention, uh, Arkansas Anime Festival down in uh, Fayetteville, uh, and they invited me back yet, by the way. Um, I don't even know if it's happening this year, but, you know, uh, at this point. Um, so, anyways, I'm sitting next to a uh, very talented uh, voice actor, David Vincent, uh, uh, from Bleach and... Yeah. Uh, well, from everything David Vincent has been, he's a name. Yeah, he is a name. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. And, and the funny thing is, is David is there is like, I, I don't have my, I don't have my, uh, um, my square reader. And I'm like, that's okay, you can borrow mine. So he makes more use of my square reader that weekend than I do. Uh, of course, at this point, I've got like two books out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
So near the end of the weekend, uh, we're sitting there and he's talking to some fans. And uh, Grim Joe. Yeah, Grim Joe was the best. And it was the one that everybody Mesh. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, done. no, I was just I was just re reorienting uh, myself with every all the bullshit he's done. Now he's a great guy too. I've, I've been to a couple panels with him. Yeah, but still, fuck you, man. You have all the credits. <laughs> yeah, and I got pictures of me with him. It's it's uh, and it's great. Uh, but anyways, so I'm sitting there and he's telling the story, and you know I always keep an eye, try to keep an ear open in case he needs you know, the square reader that weekend, uh, and he's like. And so at some point I hear him going, Wah! and I jump about four feet, you know, and when I land, I come over, you know, and now I'm fully paying attention. He's like, so I'm seeing these producers over in the, uh, over the booth talking back and forth amongst us. and like, oh shit, because they didn't realize they were there. Uh, He's also voiced someone in Mob Psycho 100, by the way. Who did, uh, did David voice? Vincent in the anime uh, uh, version of it. Okay, who do you voice? Um, Educo um, Tokugawa. Tokugawa. Mob Psycho 100, by the way, is made by the same person who made One Punch Man. Ah, uh, okay, I like it. I, so, I, I find, having clicked on the YouTube, oh, that, that Mob Psycho 100. I knew I'd fucking heard of it. Right? <laughs> so anyways, he's sitting there, he didn't realize that they, you know, since I didn't realize that the producers were there. So I'm sitting there talking back and forth to each other like, oh shit, I'm out of a job, they're gonna fire me, I'm so fired, I just need to grab my stuff. So he says, one of them comes up to him afterward, you know, and he says, You do best brucery, any white man. Because <laughs> 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 really, he was, someone told him to do <laughs> his, oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, do his Bruce Lee imitation, and you know, evidently it really worked. <laughs> but I was like, to me, that is always that one line, like, you do best brucery, any white man. <laughs> I was just like, Wow, because you know, nice. he, he just, yeah, and it's like, wow, that's pretty damn cool. Scared the crap out of me, but thanks. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, it's uh, so yeah, it's kind of a kind of a fun note to to bring bring things to a yeah. close on. Um, next week, hopefully, Deadpool two. Hopefully, Deadpool two, and maybe Solo at the same time. That, we that might need work. to do a twofer. Yeah, we might. We um, might have to just like work. There's start with so Florida. goddamn much stuff coming out because it's summer. Yeah, it's summer blockbuster season. Then we might have to double up. Yeah, I may end up having to go see Deadpool tonight or tomorrow or something. I don't know. It's, it's worth it. It's very. It's really fun. Yeah, and of course Solo's out now too. Right? Yeah, that's why I said we might have to double up. Shit, I'll have to um, catch up on Solo first. I'm moving next weekend, so. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Sunday or Monday or Saturday? Saturday and uh, Sunday. So obviously, what we need to do is record an episode of the podcast while we're moving here. Right, that'll be fun. Uh, so, want to guess how many boxes of books Ben has? No, I don't. I really don't, because <laughs> I packed all those goddamn things. So, anyways, um, in any case, yeah. and of course, we can always do. We we probably need to do a cocky gate episode. Yes, and so, we actually probably need to do that in front of a fucking camera. Those things will be coming up. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right there. But um, yeah, this has been uh, this has been Neil and the one true Ben and Neil and, and the one true Ben. Um, and I guess we'll talk to you next week on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter M and the number forty-eight. 
Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating. We read everything. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation at our website, or a reoccurring one at Patreon. A final thought. We apologize for the infrequency of recent updates, and we'll endeavor to do better in the future.